Time for our monthly visit from Dr. Bernice Shafarik from Shafarik Dental in Columbia. And this month, Bernice talks about how feeling good starts from the inside. Bernice, good morning. What is feeling good starts from the inside going to be about today? So there's a lot. It's actually a very big topic because I'm thinking about a couple of things. One is a lot of people who've been coming in lately who now that we're unmasking or realizing they don't feel really good about their smiles. And one of the first things that I need to do in my practice is, one, find out what it is they don't like, but also find out what their entire medical history is like. Because if you're not really healthy on the inside, then it's hard for me to do aesthetic changes without looking at how the medications you're taking, the conditions that you have, how that all impacts your smile. And the Surgeon General just made a report. What did you learn from that you want to share with our listeners? So in the year 2000, a Surgeon General report came out, and basically they said that you're not healthy if your mouth is not healthy. And there was the conclusion that oral health gets ignored a lot, and that a lot of us in society and in our communities don't um, value oral health as much as we could. Because I think as far as different areas of your health are concerned, you can really invest a little bit to get a great result and have a healthy mouth. And the Surgeon General recognized that we're not paying enough attention to the mouth. So some of the Results of that are we were looking at, for example, pediatricians being more aware of looking into kids' mouths and saying, oh, it looks like you've got a problem, you need to see the dentist. And the other thing that came out from that report is that we still have a lot of dental disease. And so one of the things they're able to do is to look at these long-term health and nutritional studies where one of the many things they do on a very large population is have a dentist look into their mouths. And they've realized there's still a very high percentage of people who have untreated dental disease, and that would either be cavities or gum disease. So fast forward, another report was due to come out in 2020. Well, of course, the pandemic happened, and that kind of got put on hold But then they decided it really is important to come up with this Surgeon General's report, and it was released in December of 2021. And the depressing fact is there's still a lot of people out there with untreated dental disease. And give me a couple of the quotes that stood out to you from that Surgeon General's report. So one was, The mouth is the center of vital tissues and functions that are critical to total health well-being across the lifespan. So across the lifespan is one of the things they looked at is the number of people that we still have who don't have a full complement of teeth. And a full complement of teeth, if we ignore wisdom teeth, is 28. Well, they were actually looking at a uh, a, uh, number of 21 teeth which then includes back teeth that can bite together, but people may be missing some of the molars. And there's still a large percentage of people who don't have that. And what um, the findings are is 
when people are missing teeth, their quality of life goes down. You know, there's so many things involved. When you have a full complement of teeth, then you spread the load, and you don't have to stress out any one tooth. And the other part of that is when you have a full complement of teeth and they're in the right spot, there's so many things that happen without you thinking about them. For example, when you're chewing and you spread the load, it helps have your mouth be more self-cleansing because you're kind of forcing saliva into all the appropriate areas. And if your teeth are not straight and biting together like that, you tend to have areas where food gets impacted and then there's more plaque in that area and then that leads to bone loss, which leads to tooth loss. And we, we still have a lot of things that we need to pay attention to. And Bernice, a moment ago, you talked about fewer people wearing masks and they want to make their smiles look good. That, I just want to clarify the fact that in your office, are you still using the masking policy? So we as staff, office personnel, are still masking, but we have um, followed the public health guidelines that came out April 18th that said you don't have to mask as a patient if you don't want to. So we have a certain percentage of people who are still wearing their masks. We still ask about COVID symptoms and vaccination status so that we know who is less protected. And then using a brilliant radio tie-in, that leads me on to your involvement with the Seroptimus Club of Willimantic and the Mask Grade celebration. It almost sounds like the Seroptimus have uh, a sense of humor about what's been going on for the last month, uh, last couple of years, which is a serious situation, and you're turning it into a fun event using the word mask. Yes, and it's long overdue. I think that we've all missed um, our annual event that we used to hold in March, and that was because it was always around International Women's Day, but we felt that in March it still wasn't safe enough to have a larger gathering and now that um, vaccines are widely available, a lot of people have had all of their boosters, we decided that it would be um, fun to hold the event. And the Roaring Twenties part of it is because in um, 2021, Sir Optimus International uh, turned 100 years old, and a lot of the celebrations that were planned around that were not able to take place. So this is our... Um, largest fundraiser, and we ho- are holding it on May 14th, which is a Saturday, from 6 to 11 at the Willimantic Elks Lodge, and there will be cocktails and bountiful hors d'oeuvres, and we will have dancing to the uh, Shaded Soul Band, and we also ask if you want to get into the spirit of fun to put on your best 20s costume. Um, we're all, of course, hard at work on organizing this, so we've even created some masks that um, are held you know, basically by a stick so that you can put your mask on to look more like the Roaring Twenties and then not have to wear it all night if you don't want to. So we still have tickets available, and um, you can get those by going onto our website, which is seroptimuswillimantic.org, or you can call Marianne at 860-617-1703. And this event will um, result in funds that support all of our 
programs. A lot of our programs are local. Um, we have events that help educate young women about making good choices. We have scholarship and award programs for women in the community who are enrolled in an educational program, and so we have an award for that person that she can spend on whatever she needs. We also have a program that gives grants to women who need to have a license for their profession, and there's a licensing fee, so we pay that licensing fee and the gas to get to the exam. And the event is open to the public, and the number again, 860-617-1703. The Roaring Twenties Masquerade Celebration, a week from Saturday at the Elks, put on by Seroptimist Willimatic. Bernice, we were talking a moment ago about some of the key phrases from that Surgeon General's report that you've been talking about this morning. What's the one about oral health? So it reads, oral health includes the ability to speak, smile, smell, taste, touch, chew, swallow, and convey an array of emotions through facial expressions with confidence and without pain, discomfort, and disease of the oral facial complex. So that sounds like a whole lot more than just making sure you don't have cavities or gum disease. And I've seen that repeatedly over the years, the impact that um, not having a healthy system makes on on your whole well-being. Um, so, for an example, I had a woman years ago who was so afraid that she walked around with these severely infected teeth for quite some time. And this was way before masking days, so her go-to was basically she would walk around with her hand in front of her mouth all of the time because she was just embarrassed. But when she eventually came to a place where she allowed me to, because her patient had been a, uh, her husband had been a patient for years, and she just could not come to bring herself in. But when she finally did come in, and we took her teeth out and made her a denture, she was amazed at how much better she felt physically. So she had been carrying around this infection in her mouth for so long that it really impacted her general health. So one of the many things that happens in the mouth is it's the beginning of your immune system. So as soon as you take something in and the body recognizes it as something that is foreign and objectionable, it reacts by creating cells that help fight that infection. If you have a local infection, something that's associated with the tooth, your body is so busy trying to keep that in check that you don't get to fight as well as you could the rest of what's going on in your mouth. The other thing that happens is um, saliva is such a great um, means of protecting and digesting and taking care of a whole lot of functions that have to happen when before you ever swallow something. So if you don't have a healthy system that's working, that has a huge impact also. Part of that quote you just read from the Surgeon General's report that got my attention was the phrase, orofacial complex. I'm not sure I've heard those words in the same sentence before. How would you define the orofacial complex? 
So oral is basically the mouth, and facial is is the rest of, you know, the basically head and neck is the area of the body that we're dealing with. So I've had patients come in, you know, because they know something's going on in that complex, and they know I'm responsible for that. So some of the things that are outside of decay and gum disease are things like temporal mandibular joint disorders. Um, there's also things like Bell's palsy that basically you realize that your mouth is drooping and you think, wow, I wonder if this is a dental problem. I actually had a patient quite a few years ago now who had horrendous pain on one side of, of his mouth and he came in and we took a look at everything that had to do with his teeth. We did the testing we do to make sure that he didn't need any root canals, and it clearly was not associated with his teeth. Well, the end of this long story is he actually had intraoral shingles, and that's pretty rare, but I think those of you out there who have had shingles, it's horrendous pain, and it's super uncomfortable, and he actually only had it in his mouth. He didn't manifest the disease anywhere else in his body, so I was able to then refer him to a physician who could help him with that. But we also, the other connection that people, I think, may be aware of is when you feel pressure sensitivity on your upper teeth, people will come in to me because they think, oh, you know, I'm having a tooth problem. And Sometimes it turns out it's not a tooth problem, it's a sinus infection. And they are right to come in first to rule out that it has to do with their teeth because then they can go to the physician and say, this is not a tooth problem. Another area where that happens is the people who um, are having some really uncomfortable temporomandibular joint symptoms. So that could be earache, it could be dizziness, so sometimes they're told by their ENT or their physician, go into the dentist first to rule that out. Quick little side trip here, Bernice. You talked about uh, people getting shingles in the mouth, a rare occasion. But I know people that have had shingles in other places in their body, and trust me, it's nothing you want. It's really bad. But it tends to go hemispheric. It tends to go, like, from your breastbone around the right side to the center of your back where the backbone is. Is it the same thing when you get shingles in the mouth? Is it only on one side of the mouth? So that was the one occasion that I had, and in his case, it was only on one side of his mouth, and, you know, I have to say, I was not brilliant and thought right away, oh, this is shingles, because, you know, I had first looked at all of the dental problems it could be, and he just had so much pain that it really felt like, one, I need to help this person, and two, he's not, I'm not able to help him with the tools that I have. So, in that instance, I actually um, called uh, the Yukon dental school, and they have a department of oral pathology, and I described the situation to her, and she said, you know, as rare as it is, it that could be shingles, and it was on one side of his mouth, as, as you said, Wayne. Um, but we have to work together with other um, healthcare providers. 
well, we don't have to, but when we do, we get a much, much better result for for the patient because I didn't want him to spend any more time in my office when he really needed to go um, to the physician to help deal with that problem. Bernice, let's revisit something that you touched on earlier today, and that is about people are feeling better about their smiles because they're unmasked. At least some people these days are unmasked. So what are the mechanics and the aesthetics behind smiles and how people are thinking about their smiles more now that they're not wearing masks as much? So I think that it's almost like a rebirth after um, we went through the horrendous two years with the pandemic. I have people coming into me saying things like, I want to have a social life again. You know, I want to feel comfortable. I kind of hid for a while. So one um, person who comes to mind had actually had such severe damage that she ended up, um, she's going to have to lose some teeth. And so her strategy was just not to smile very wide so she could hide the fact that she was missing those teeth. And one of the uh, really, the things that, One thing that's really important to me is communication with my patients, and that's why we spend that hour and a half with our new patient exam. What we're doing is looking at your gum tissues, figuring out what the level of infection is, what type of cleaning you need, and then there's a lot of conversation about, you know, are you happy with your smile? So over the years, I've had people come in, for example, and say something like, I'd like veneers. And so that's like you know, coming up with the solution when I don't know what the problem is yet. And um, I had another case where a patient came in and she talked about how uncomfortable, this is recent again with, with the end of COVID, with her smile. And I actually looked at her and kind of thought veneers would be a good idea for her, but she had um, a problem with the gum infection, so we had to take care of that first, and because it had been so long and she was a smoker, she had some staining on her teeth, so we ended up making sure we took care of the the foundation, the gum tissue first, and then she and I met for a consult, and before I told her what I thought she could do to have a wonderful smile, uh, we revisited what she was interested in, and it turned out that... She was not looking at the perfect smile. She just wanted her teeth to be lighter, which they already were after her cleaning visits. She wanted her gums to be less puffy and swollen and red, and that worked after her cleaning visits. And then she had some discolored fillings um, right near the root surface, near the gum of her teeth. And that was really all that was bothering her, so the solution will be to fix those fillings so that they match the natural color of her teeth. And then we were able to talk about, you know, do you want to make your teeth whiter? And she had always been afraid to do that because they were so sensitive. Well, they were sensitive because no one had really cleaned under the gum line. And then we also were able to prescribe um, a fluoride paste for her that helps control the sensitivity And so now she had some choices, but frankly, I mean, I didn't tell her about this because she wasn't interested in veneers, but she had also talked about financial issues, and she didn't have insurance, 
and I thought, oh, you know, if we do the veneers, you know, that's a ten to $15,000 treatment plan. But what it turned out that she really wanted, she'll probably be able to achieve for definitely, even with the whitening and everything, below $1,000. So I constantly am seeing that it's so important to be in tune with your patients. And in that same vein, I need to help make them feel so comfortable that they trust me with the things they're worried about. So, for example, I'll have someone come in, and as we talk, it turns out they're, like, deathly afraid of losing a tooth. And after a very thorough exam and the cleanings, I can say, you know, you don't really have to worry about losing a tooth unless you have a car accident or something dramatic. And to be able to give patients that feeling of relief, you know, that that draws a smile right away. And let me follow up on that and say that are there people who have come to you with this concern about their smile looking better? They go through the procedure, and after it's over, they say, wow, that was a great idea. I'm really happy with it, and I'm glad I did it. Yeah, and, you know, one thing that uh, has seemed to happen lately is, you know, I work very closely with my hygienist, and she's been with me for a very long time, and she is very gentle, but very thorough, and I've had people coming in who recently had gone into an office for a cleaning and said, you know, I just, I couldn't get through a cleaning. I would need to be put out or something like that. And luckily they came and we reevaluated and my hygienist was able to, I mean, it took her four visits because there was a lot of work to do, but she was able to use the cream that numbs the gum and be gentle. And also I think another thing she sometimes does is lets the patient hold the suction because sometimes it's just a matter of that feeling of lack of control. You're laying back in the chair. Your saliva's building up. If you can at least control that, then it makes people feel more comfortable. And she has gotten through her cleaning visits, and she's thrilled. And she never, she was avoiding going because she thought that she wouldn't be able to get through the cleaning visits. I think she just may. I don't know if somebody wanted to do it too quickly, didn't bother to let the numbness act, but we were able to, to help her out, and she is so happy because, again, she thought, I just have to lose my teeth. Bernice, when we talk about feeling good starting from the inside, what are some of the mental health issues that are going on inside? So I think um, a lot of us are aware that the pandemic really did a number on a lot of us. So we were forced to isolate. There's a lot of good things that happen when people socialize and they feel more comfortable together. There's that huge feeling of a lack of control when you have a pandemic. You know, it's, you know, what is our world coming to? And a lot of people were forced out of their natural routines. So there was definitely a lot of emotional upset and people reacted in, in different ways. So one impact on your oral health is when 
you need to be taking anti-anxiety medications because a lot of those medications are associated with dry mouth. And whenever you have a dry mouth, it makes your whole system less healthy. Then when you combine that with wearing a mask, so when you're wearing a mask, you really can still breathe through your nose, but I think a lot of people felt kind of confined by the mask, and we saw a lot of people who started to breathe more through their mouths. And the problem with that is it dries everything out, and it makes your gum infection worse, and it makes decay worse, and it's um, just not a good plan. Another thing that happens with some of the anti-anxiety medications is there is uh, one class of medication that seems to be associated with increasing clenching and grinding. So there's always that balance that, you know, I very rarely suggest that a patient switch a a medication or talk to their physician about it because most often people have achieved this balance of medications that work for them. So sometimes they start out on one medication and it's just not doing what they need it to do, so they switch to a different one. So once people have established what makes them feel comfortable, it's hard to change that. But that can mean maybe you need to be wearing a mouth guard so that you don't destroy your teeth. Maybe you need to be coming in more frequently for cleaning visits. Maybe you need to be using a dry mouth gel or biotin. So there's a whole lot of things but they're very specific to each individual. Do people with mental health issues need health coaches or behavioral interventionists, and is a dentist one of those categories? Yeah, so I um, actually liked that term a lot because it. I when you talk about somebody being a coach, there's the person who's coaching, and then, then there's the person who's receiving the benefit of that coaching. And both parties are really interdependent. So my view of dentistry for the past 35 years has been that it's a participation course. You know, I really the most difficult patient for me is somebody who walks in and says, just fix it, doc. I don't want to know about what's going on. Now, that just really ties your hands. It's like you know, a basketball player saying, I want to be a great basketball player, but I don't want you to criticize anything that I'm doing or tell me what I should do better. So, you know, there's very little you can do. Behavior is, um, you know, as we said, during the pandemic, people, some people also changed their habits. So when you had a routine, for example, I'm going off to work in the morning, so I'm going to brush and floss before I go to work. Well, if you're working from home, it may not have seemed as important, and we have run into people who had that situation. On the other hand, um, once you start talking about the behaviors that we want people to adopt, like flossing, some people kind of see the benefit of that in keeping sort of a stability in their life, feeling like you're doing something that's productive. So years ago I had a patient who was going through a difficult divorce, and she was full-time employed. She had a five-year-old son, so there was a lot going on in her life, and she came in for her hygiene visit, 
and her gum tissues looked fantastic. And she told us that she really felt like when she could close the bathroom door and floss and do her routine of taking care of her teeth, it was the one time in her day where she felt really good about doing something that was just for herself and not related to circumstances that were pushing her in different directions, which, you know, it's one of the only times I've had somebody tell me that about flossing, but I think there's a lot to be said for that. And when people are going through mental health issues, do they have an increased use of recreational drugs, marijuana, e-cigarettes, alcohol? Yeah, we've definitely seen that. I mean, I people talk about, you know, the COVID-19 pounds that you gained because we weren't able to be as active in the ways we were used to. So if somebody had the routine of going to the gym regularly, all of a sudden that was taken away from them. And along with that, the insecurity, the instability did lead people to, for example, drink more. I have patients who are in that industry of selling alcohol, and they said it was incredible in the package stores, you know, how much their sales went way up. You know, they kind of lost what they used to sell in restaurants, but definitely people were doing that. And another area that we can be that... um, health coach and behavioral interventionist is with young people and e-cigarettes because somewhere that myth got out there that e-cigarettes are healthy and they're not. You know, there's still a nicotine component and the idea was supposed to be transitioning from regular cigarettes, but some people now are just going to the e-cigarettes and thinking that that's safe. And um, I feel like it's my obligation to ask people about smoking and offer them whatever help I can. So sometimes um, people will let me know that they have a quit date, and we'll talk about let's just schedule your cleaning right after that quit quit date so that you see how much nicer your teeth look and feel, and that can be an additional motivating factor. And during a time like we've had in the last two years with the pandemic, do people have a decreased motivation to pursue oral hygiene? So um, that has happened. You know, some people are in a routine where it's always been an important part of their lives. So those people didn't change as much. Some of them, because they're very health conscious, were also very conscious about not putting themselves at risk by going places. So I had the opposite issue of people who always were really regular about coming in for their cleanings, all of a sudden were afraid that perhaps it wasn't as safe as possible, and that's where this radio show and articles I've done in the newspaper are helpful because we can let people know the safeguards that we're using. And as... um, a lot of people know basically dentistry is the poster child for infection control. We've had to be very, very aware of how bacteria gets transferred so that we don't put any of our patients at risk. And I think we've had about a 30-year history now in dentistry where a lot of things have been very well controlled before COVID ever came around. But there's that bit of anxiety that helped keep people away sometimes. 
as we talk about how to feel good and it starts from the inside, what is the role, what are the role of medical interactions? So um, there are so many diseases that impact our oral health. So one of the things that in our earlier session we were talking about the Surgeon General's report and how if you don't have a healthy mouth, you're not healthy. There are some conditions. There's one that comes to mind that is it's kind of a depressing diagnosis to give somebody because it's, um, it's called trigeminal neuralgia. And basically the base of the nerve that uh, feeds your lower, actually feeds all of your teeth and muscles and facial expression, all of that, gets inflamed, and it's basically pretty horrendous pain. And it kind of happens um, randomly. And the people that I've seen over the years, if they go to someone who's not recognizing that perhaps this pain is not a tooth problem, you know, they'll come in and they'll have root canals on all of the teeth on one side, and that's the side that's affected by the trigeminal neuralgia, and it doesn't matter how many root canals you do, it will not take that pain away because it's deeper in the system. So the reason I said it's never never feels good to give someone that diagnosis is we don't have a lot of good treatments for it. But what I find is people are so happy to get a diagnosis that they can train themselves to deal with a lot as long as it's not some big unknown thing. And I've had that repeatedly over the years, having someone, for example, who has a relative who ended up with oral cancer. And all of a sudden, they notice they've got, you know, a bump on their gum or on their tongue. And they'll call and say, you know, can I come in and have you check this? And the answer is always yes, because you can't be walking around worrying about whether or not you have oral cancer. And most often people come in and it's something else. You know, it's, it could be a traumatic ulcer. It could be a canker sore. Um, I've also seen people, and it's kind of rare, but we have run into it, that have a condition called um, pemphigoid. And that's something that affects the tissues in your mouth and your eyes, any mucous membrane tissues. And um, it's pretty striking when you see it in the mouth. And so it's not a condition that I'm really going to treat. We do see the people more frequently, and there's some mouthwashes we can help them with. But they need to really see the eye doctor and the dermatologist to make sure because it's a syndrome that, as we said, you know, it starts from the inside. It affects your whole body, and that's my responsibility to look into those things. And is there a professional challenge for you that I'm assuming is kind of fun in a medical sort of way to connect the dots? You see things when you're in the mouth doing various forms of, as we mentioned earlier, the orofacial complex exam and trying to figure out what is causing a problem they have. It may not be something that you can fix, but at least you can connect the dots and see what the problem is, which they didn't know. And you're seeing it because you're already in the mouth. Right, and I have, you know, this sequence of what tests and examinations and x-rays I can take to rule out certain conditions. 
And that's, you know, when you go to see a physician, you know, they will do what they call a differential diagnosis. So basically in their minds, they're thinking about all the things it could potentially be, and they'll slowly rule out different conditions. And that's where it's also so important to be very accurate about a medical history. So there's a couple of things that people do that can be very frustrating for us. For example, when you're filling out the medical history, we ask you to write a list of any prescription medications, supplements, and nutraceuticals. And that's partly because some of the things, like even if it's something you buy over the counter, it may increase your tendency to bleed. And so when we're looking in your mouth and you're bleeding more easily, if I don't know that, then I'm going to look for a different source of infection. The other thing that happens that um, we really need people to think about is if you write no to all the conditions and then give me a list of six prescription medications, there's a condition that has made you end up taking that medication. So probably the most, the biggest one we see is people will not check abnormal blood pressure or hypertension because they're taking a medication that controls it. But we still need to know that you have that condition. Or if you're a diabetic, that happens more infrequently. But any medication you're taking, there's, there's a condition associated with it. And I can guess about some of the medications and why you're taking them, but there's a lot of what we call off-label uses. So there's some medications, for example, that could be for depression or anxiety, but at a low level they can help with sleep or with muscle spasm. What about acid reflux, anorexia, bulimia with acid erosion of enamel on the teeth? So that's something that definitely um, comes from the inside that makes you feel less good on the outside. And there's definitely um, a large population of people who do suffer from gastric reflux, um, otherwise known as GERD, and a lot of people are taking medications for that. So the problem with that is that if you have acid ending up in your mouth, it can erode enamel. And anorexia, bulimia, they often, those patients tend to really assault their enamel with acid, which will eat away at the enamel, and then you're looking at a lot of dentistry to restore that. So one thing we've talked about, if you do feel that there's acid in your mouth or you've vomited, don't run and brush your teeth right away because that can wear away the enamel faster. What you want to do is to make sure that the pH of your saliva becomes more neutral. So you, you can wait a while. You can also drink water or something, especially those pH-balanced waters that um, you could um, swish with a solution of baking soda. Those things will all help decrease that acid assault on, on your teeth. Um, and that's another one of those um, medical conditions that, you know, a lot of people who end up with anorexia or bulimia have some self-esteem issues and they're not pleased 
often with the way that they look, and then the problem gets exacerbated when your teeth are damaged. And, you know, there's nothing to worry about. If you have that situation, you can tell us. That makes it more helpful. We basically can see in your mouth what's going on. As long as you're interrupting that cycle, we have a lot of treatments that, that, can, help, that can help you. So it's nothing to be embarrassed about, but something that really we can help people with. Are there medications that people are on that lead to dry mouth? And if so, if you need the medications, what do you do about it? So um, drinking water is important because that, you know, will make the surfaces wetter and make you feel more comfortable, and it also won't damage your teeth. So what you really shouldn't do is to um, suck on hard candies or anything that has sugar in it. If you feel like your mouth is dry, don't drink soda or energy drinks or coffee or tea. All of those things will make your mouth feel even, even more dry. And there are, you know, it's interesting how some people think biotin is wonderful and other people think it doesn't really help. It's also important to know where that dry mouth is coming from. So sometimes people have had radiation or chemotherapy treatments that have basically destroyed the salivary glands. And that's very different from someone who has healthy salivary glands, but they're being suppressed by medications. So even something as simple as chewing gum, the xylitol gums are good, the ones that are sugarless, because that increases your salivary flow. If you if your condition is a result of the cancer treatment, then that's really not going to help you at all. Um, but since your mouth is dry and there's not much you can do about it, um, using trays with fluoride or other medications we have available, not medicate well, basically tubes of prescription toothpaste or um, other mouthwashes can can be helpful also. There are also people who have dry mouth because they have Sjogren's syndrome. And sometimes we can help diagnose Sjogren's when people come in and say, you know, I don't understand why my mouth is dry. And then you find out their eyes are dry also. And so they can then be referred to a physician to, ch- to check that out. And just as an aside, I mentioned with medical histories, if you're taking any prescription drugs, you have a condition that's being treated. So you want to make sure you um, identify that condition for us so we know what it is that why you're taking that medication. Also, um, we sometimes have people who will write prescription medications but write that they don't have a physician. So in general, you have to have a physician to have a prescription medication. Um, so even if that physician maybe is not your primary care or you don't see them very often, whoever's prescribing those medications has taken a medical history at some point and determined what your condition is and why you need to take that medication. So sometimes we do need to contact the physician because the patient may may not really remember why it was prescribed. So all of that just helps us help you be healthier. 
And as we talk about how feeling good starts from the inside, what is the role of lifestyle habits and diet? So I think people have heard for years and years and years about how um, sugar, you know, causes cavities and that you should be careful about your diet. Well, it's not just sugar. It's any kind of snacking food. I mean, it can be crackers or potato chips. That sits on your teeth and can get converted to substances that the bacteria feeds on that leads to decay. Um, One thing we have lately that people sometimes have a habit of are the energy drinks. And so sometimes the people taking energy drinks are actually working out a lot and some of them feel like, you know, they need to have that extra boost. Well, those energy drinks are very acidic. So I think the guideline in general, the kind of information that really really we we would love for you to share with us is anything you do that is done more than the norm. So, for example, if you're drinking three glasses of orange juice every day, that's a higher frequency than what we would expect. But if they drink it three every day, they think it's normal because that's what they do normally. So right. how, how do they know what's normal for other people? Well, you listen to the radio show, Wayne, and you hear me say that you shouldn't be drinking orange juice that frequently. Voila. That being said, if you're drinking your orange juice with a meal, that's always better. So what is always worse is anything that you snack on or drink that's outside of a meal is going to cause more damage to your system. Because if you're drinking orange juice with your meal and you're eating there's salivary flow, and it doesn't just sit there on your teeth. So, for example, years ago, I ran into a woman. She wasn't a patient of mine. We were just, I think she was doing horseback riding lessons for my kids or something like that. And she would walk around with that um, large bottle of Pepsi, and she would just sip on it all day long and tell me that, you know, she really had dental problems, but it was too expensive to go to the dentist. She was not helping herself. I mean, if she were to fill that same bottle with water and sip on that all day long, that would be much, much healthier. And we touched earlier this morning on the Seroptimus Roaring Twenties Masquerade. That's not spelled with a Q. It's M-A-S-K-A-R-A-D. Celebration a week from Saturday. It'll be May 14th at the Elks Lodge with dancing to the music of Shaded Soul Band. And uh, tickets are available to the general public at 860-617-1703. But you had something off topic of that regarding the Seroptimus you wanted to talk about, about a, uh, a, a th- something that will help folks in Poland. Tell me about that. So um, we were having a conversation with a group of my optimists about how we're an international organization, and all of us are feeling moved to try and help Ukrainians with what they're going through. So I was able to contact a club in Poland that's not far from the Ukraine border, and they actually had a program in existence where they are teaching women from Belarus and Ukraine who have emigrated to Poland before the war broke out. They were 
giving them, I think they started in November of 2021, they started this program where they hired teachers and bought books and created um, language classes because these women wanted to be able to navigate the Polish culture, get a job, be able to talk to people. So they created these language classes. And, of course, shortly after that, all of a sudden, I think the numbers are, it's over 3 million uh, people from Ukraine who have emigrated to Poland. So um, on our SI Willimantic Facebook page, if you go under fundraisers, there's actually a very long description of the program, and there you can access pictures of women who've gone gone through this program. So we're, we are doing that fundraiser to help to help these women to be able to become a part of the Polish culture. And then even if they go back, you know, those countries are very closely associated, so they'll be at an advantage educationally. And what kind of reaction have you gotten for that? Obviously, this is a very timely program you're running here. So we had um, designated funds from our club, and then we had the fundraiser, and I think it's up to about $742 that people have contributed. So when we're able to match that, it will provide another series of courses for for these women. And it was actually kind of interesting because the women, the woman who uh, is president of the club that I've been talking to was very interested in what our club does. And so we form sometimes what we call friendship links so we have one with a club in England, and we had another member who was from Japan who established a link. So, again, it's nice to have that link with someone in um, Poland who's helping Ukraine and keeping us informed about how things are going. Dr. Benice Shafarik from Shafarik Dental, located in the Columbia Shopping Center, talking about a couple of very important programs with the Seroptimist International, including the Roaring Twenties Masquerade Celebration, May 14th. You can get information for that by calling 860-617-1703. And our dental topic today about how feeling good starts from the inside. Bernice, thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you.